Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of NBA DFS Today by Sports Ethos. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I'm going to walk you guys through some uh, Monday games here. Football finally over, if you guys are Chiefs fans, first and foremost. Congratulations. I actually lived in Wichita for, uh, what, three, four years, and <clears throat> we uh, are secondary Chiefs fans. We are mainly Bears fans, obviously, in this household, but um, those Chiefies, as my wife likes to say, do hold a, a near and dear place to our hearts. So congratulations to the Chiefs. Football's over. A lot of you are probably transitioning into NBA, perhaps for the first time this season. Um, so welcome. Let's hop into it, though, the guys. We have a nine-game main slate. And, uh, well, first I want to address um, the last show. And I was super excited about all those games. That early slate, I actually crushed it. And I, everything went just about how I imagine um, wound up placing somewhere in the top 400, 500 out of like, uh, I don't know, 15K people or whatever it was uh, in the GPP I played. So that was uh, fantastic. The later slate, the main slate just crushed me. My player props crushed me. So all in all, it was a bit of a mixed bag. Unfortunately, I was very excited, but not, you know, as uh, successful as I would have wanted to be. I, I'm pretty excited about this one. Not as excited, I don't think, but, you know, um, some cautious optimism here. I'm not going to be giving out player props in this one. I'm going to try to make this one a little shorter. So, um, But I will be dropping those for this uh, show, so make sure you're following along at EthosTFS, at EthosTFS. Let's get into it, though. The Pacers are taking on the Hornets here which is obviously a game that I love. <laughs> I love when, when two teams don't play defense, play each other. And uh, even the Pacers have been playing better defense, I suppose, of late after adding uh, Pascal Siakam, but it's been a little bit of a, a struggle for them. Pacers are favored by 11 points this one. That's a minus 112 on those odds, and 238.5 is a game total, so it's a pretty attractive game total as well. Um, let's start in the Indiana side. Um, I didn't ultimately find anybody that wanted to stick into my initial lineups here but Jalen Smith is out and we are playing against the Hornets who are terribly defending the center position so I do assume that people are going to go and gravitate towards Isaiah Jackson here I think a nice pivot off of that especially in GPPs is going to be Obi Toppin at 3200 Jackson's at 3500 he does have the higher ceiling with his ability to block shots and the fact that he does exactly what this Hornets team has, struggles to defend, which is finishing at the rim and contesting things at the rim. So um, I think Jackson's the better play. But if you're in a GPP and you want to get you know some ownership leverage there, I think Toppin is definitely in play for sure. Um, we assume, obviously, that Tyrese Halliburton is going to play. He's going to be creeping up towards his maximum minutes. Um, but I don't see them needing him a whole lot in this one against the Hornets. So he played 30 minutes in the last one which was nice to see. He probably plays around 30 in this one as well, I would assume, as he works his way back from that, uh, I believe it's a hamstring uh, injury that he's been dealing with. Didn't like a whole lot else on the Indiana side, honestly, so we'll go ahead and hop over to the Charlotte side where I do like quite a bit more. Uh, let's go ahead and start, though, with Trey Mann at 4,600. I suggested him, I said, just play him in the last podcast, and obviously that turned out to be the correct move. 31 DK points at just 3,000 salary. You can't really beat that at all. Uh, and if you didn't have him, you probably were kicking yourself and, and didn't do so hot. But uh, he also shot 4 of 11 from the field. So I'm looking for him to be a little bit more efficient, obviously, from the field. Hit a few more jumpers. Uh, hopefully he eases in a little bit more with his team. I'm really impressed with the 9 assists and the 4 boards. Um, you know, those supporting stats are there. I think we can definitely um, start to get excited about Trey Man 
a little bit more, you know, in fantasy in general. But um, but the efficiency is always going to be an issue. Um, but again, it's you know playing the Pacers. Uh, Pacers struggle on defense still, even with Pascal Siakam. So uh, I do like me some Trey Man here, forty six hundred. I do expect him to be pretty highly owned. I think the the massive salary jump is going to uh, throw some people off, and they'll be off of him. He went from three thousand, now he's forty six hundred. So um, hopefully that keeps ownership down a little bit. But I, I'm still very much into it. I do also currently have Brandon Miller in my lineup here. And uh, he's 7,300, but, you know, a couple of, uh, of down games. He's had no more than 31.5 DK points in three straight games. But before that, he was putting up, he put up 52 DK points in two straight games and a 50.5 before that. So um, this guy has the ability to explode. This is a high-scoring, you know, game. Um, you know, who, who are they going to throw on Brandon Miller to just stop him if he's absolutely going off? I don't even think Pascal Siakam is an answer. I think this kid is uh, immensely talented on the offensive end. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, him grow a little bit more as the season progresses here. And we enter in the, you know, silly season, which it really doesn't matter for the Hornets. They're already, they've already been in the silly season um, since game one, almost, I guess. Uh, just nonstop shenanigans over there. In Charlotte, but Brandon uh, Miller at 7,300 does ring to me as a good play, uh, as well as Trey Mann on that side. So those are the two guys I would really gravitate towards. I did have Grant Williams in my lineup earlier as well, before taking him out. He's only 4,300, and we saw that he had a very decent-sized uh, role with this team. I believe he got 27 minutes in the first game. Let me double-check. No, 32 minutes, sorry. Uh, 27 DK points is what he scored, uh, 32 minutes there. It's the points per minutes that are just kind of making me want other guys over him at this point. But I, I'm going to have probably 10 different lineups tomorrow, and I'll probably have him in a few of them for sure. So um, the last guy I want to mention here is, <sighs> I'm going to butcher the name. It's it's Michic Vasily. Uh, Michic, I probably really butchered that name. I apologize, but he's still new to me, new to you. New to everybody around the NBA, um, hasn't been playing a whole lot since he uh, came over, but uh, he did play in the last one, and he had obviously a really great game with a career high, nine assists in 26 minutes, shot eight of 13 from the field, put up 32.25 DK points. His price only raised to 3900 3, here. Um, I didn't end up with him here in my dummy lineup. I, I just don't know if I can trust it. They did play the Memphis Grizzlies there, obviously. This one, they're playing the Pacers, who are more of a legit team, at least. Um, but, of course, the defense still isn't great, as we mentioned before. But I, I don't know. It's just I'm having trust issues here. I'm, I'm just trying to get really think about this hard. And I'm just coming to the conclusion that I think he's going to have a dud. I think he's going to be highly owned. And I think he's going to have a dud. And that's just unfortunate. But um, that's what I'm guessing. If he ends up going off for a double-double or, you know, nine assists again, then... Uh, hey, I'm probably uh, losing uh, in all of my GPPs, but um, I, I'm going to bet against that. So there you go. Take take with that what you will. Um, all right, moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, probably a skip from me, guys. It's a nine-game slate. We can skip a few of these for sure. There's a few of them I definitely will. Um, you know, if you want to roster an Ubre or a Heald, I get it. Um, Paul Reed's kind of interesting, 6,000 now that he's healthy. Um, but I just don't see a whole lot on the Philadelphia side. The Cleveland side, same deal. I mean, they're getting guys back. Everyone's healthy now. Um, I could see Mobile at 6,800 having some value there. But um, ultimately, I think I'm just going to fade these guys. Um, I think in GPP, I probably will slide some of those guys in there because of the ownership uh, is going to be so low. But, um, you know, we're talking cash games a little bit here. I, I'm, def I'm definitely not. 
super interested in that. So moving to the San Antonio Spurs and the Toronto Raptors, where I do have a bit of interest at the very least. Um, on the Spurs side, I mean, yeah, Victor Wimanyama, I didn't end up with him in my, my lineup here so far, but I'm going to definitely slide him into maybe about 30 to 40% of my lineups here uh, for tomorrow. I love this matchup for him. I think his length, you know, over the Raptors guys, over Jakob Pertl and probably Kelly Olenek, is going to be really tough to, to contain. Um, you know, the Raptors should theoretically end up being a little bit better against the center position after they've added a little bit of size in Olenek, but I, you know, He's not necessarily the most traditional type of center, so I'm not like super. Um, I'm, I'm not leaning heavily into like okay, now they can guard the center position really well. I think I'm still sticking with they're going to struggle against that a little bit here. And Wemby is fantastic, obviously. Um, but you know, the other thing that, with this is that all the main guys on the Spurs, Wemby, Vassell, uh, you know, possibly Trey Jones, Keldon Johnson for sure, Zach Collins, uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, they're all kind of on borrowed time, right? Like, at some point, these guys are going to get shut down. They're going to go for ping-pong balls. Is it going to happen, you know, this week? No. Is it going to happen next two weeks? No. Um, well, we have the All-Star break anyways, but you know what I mean. It's, it's going to take some time here for that to happen, but eventually it will, and these guys know that's going to happen. So they want to put up their stats. They want to put up their good games now. Um, that's why they're incentivized. So, you know, the Spurs are probably going to sneak some wins here in the next few weeks. Uh, I would say next three, four weeks, you know, while while they're kind of on that borrowed time. And then I think the Spurs go, okay, no more winning, and they shut everybody down. So that's kind of, that's a guess on my part. It's just from watching the, the NBA for 25 years. Um, that's why I, I guess it's going to happen here. Uh, I didn't end up with anybody on the Spurs ultimately in my lineup, but I think Wemby's the one guy I would definitely highlight and slide in there. Other than that, not super into any of those other guys. Toronto Raptors. On the other side, I did have also Scotty Barnes in my initial lineup. I ultimately found other things I liked more than him. But look, I mean, you know, the Spurs are not a good defensive team. Um, same kind of thing that applies to the Spurs applies to the Raptors. Borrow time, all that. I mean, they're not going to be probably making the playoffs this season. So at some point, they're going to have to switch to playing some, you know, Grady Dick and Ochai Baji and uh, John Tate Porter and, and these young guys that, you know, probably won't have key roles on their team next season but would be awesome if they you know developed a little bit and could you know contribute when they did get in or they had to be defended on so i know you know people will probably go to a Linux at 4900 here the minutes are still a concern to me i i don't you know if you guys watch our trade deadline show i just don't know i'm not claiming to think that Kelly Link's just going to go ahead and slide into a 25 to 30 minute role with these Raptors. I just think that's crazy to think that's going to automatically happen. Keep tabs on it if it does, of course. But, you know, what did he get last game? I think 17 minutes, if I remember correctly. Uh, no, he saw 22 minutes. He saw a little bit more than I thought. But um, 22 still still not super impressive. 4,900 is definitely an attractive price tag. So I probably will end up with him in you know, a few lineups here. But I'm not super, super duper into it. Quickly was another guy I kind of locked in early on and then took him out just because of other guys. I think the pricing on these guys is a little bit more than some of the other guys across the slate that are going to have similar or possibly even better production. So uh, if you want to fade this game pretty much entirely, I think you could. But there are some interesting guys in here, I felt like. Let's talk about Chicago at Atlanta because I do like one guy in this game at the very least here. Chicago at Atlanta. Um, I don't think I gave you the Spurs... Uh, uh, 
spread there, so I apologize about that. Spurs are, or I'm sorry, the Raptors are six-point favorites, minus 115 on that, 234 game total. Bulls, uh, the Hawks are four-point favorites in this one, 236.5 is the game total there. And I'll be honest, I'm not playing any of these Bulls. I typically love to attack the, the Hawks, but I'm just not not feeling like any of these Bulls guys are priced to the point where I'm going to get massive value from them. It's really top-heavy right now with Vucevic, uh, you know, DeRozan, White. And I think all those guys are viable, of course, against the Atlanta Hawks. But uh, if you land on one of them, fine. I get it. I don't think there's an issue at all with that. Um, they're a little bit priced over what I landed on here. Um was left over after I kind of set everyone else in my lineup. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I land on it. You know, I think people are fooled by Andre Drummond constantly. Uh, I like what Coach Donovan did playing big. Uh, what was that game? It was against the... Well, he played a lot against the Grizzlies, but that was more about the, the Bulls just not having any energy. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves is where they played big against, obviously, Cat and Rudy Gobert. I, I like the... Um, I love that Donovan did that and gave us the option to do that, you know, in case it's needed at some point. But, you know, against Atlanta, I think he'll slide back into what he got last game, you know, 17 minutes, you know, somewhere in that 14 to 17 minute range. Just isn't going to do enough for you, especially not at 5,900. If he was priced at, you know, 4,500 or lower or something like that, then yeah, sure. Um, but I'm just not going to buy it. Dasum was an interesting guy as well on this side, um, 5,400. If we get news that Caruso is out, I think I'm going to try to get him into a few lineups at least, but uh, Caruso right now is questionable. And uh, so we'll need to keep some some tabs on that for sure. On the Atlanta side, though, that's where my uh, main interest is. And it's only one guy. It's on Yekai Kangu. And, you know, not super out of left field or anything like that. I think everyone's pretty much all over him. He struggled in the last game. He didn't really struggle. He, he struggled with foul trouble is what he did. So he had five personal fouls. Um, everyone else on the team played about 40 minutes. It was an overtime game, if I remember correctly, against the Rockets, and they ended up winning. Um, but he was—he had the foul trouble, so he had 32 minutes. So, yeah, he saw about eight minutes less than everybody else. But, you know, outside of that, it was the first game where he kind of struggled from the field. It's the first time he shot under, like, 67%. <laughs> yeah, over, I'm looking, trying to go back, like, over the last 10 games. So, you know, the, the normal um, output for him is that he does shoot efficiently. He does get good shots. So I'm not too concerned about that. He also struggled from the line in that last game as well. So, you know, these are things that can be corrected with just, you know, normal game-to-game -game, uh, variance. So I'm not too concerned about it. Rebounds were down a little bit as well. Um, he did have three blocks, so that was kind of nice in that last game. So, uh, But I like him here against the Bulls. You know, I think the Bulls do struggle to keep people off the offensive glass. We saw that with the Magic when they went big. Um, you know, Jonathan Isaac was absolutely just destroying us. So, um, you know, maybe I, I don't think the the Hawks necessarily have that guy like a Jonathan Isaac to go in there and, and play that kind of role. But uh, a Kongu should give us uh, plenty of hassle on the offensive glass as well. So I do like a Kongu a whole heck of a lot at 6,600. And we've got um, five more games here. So we're about halfway and we'll probably skip over one or two of these. Um, I just want to go ahead and take a minute here to plug Sportsethos. Sportsethos.com is where you go. You sign up for the DFS pass, five bucks a month, and you'll get the insights from me uh, pretty much every single day. Um, Pickums uh, are awesome. We've been rolling with those, been really profitable in those this season. Um, you know, obviously the fancy content, you can pay up for that. For the fancy pass, it's just $6 a month for the fancy pass. So much good stuff happening at Sportsethos.com. You all need to check it out for sure. 
Uh, okay, Pelicans at the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly interested in this game. Uh, Zion Williamson is questionable. I'm going to guess he sits out here. It's the Memphis Grizzlies. There's no reason to go play a guy that's not 100% against the Memphis Grizzlies. There's no point in doing that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few of these other veterans start to pop up as, as questionable here as well as we get closer to the tip. But for now, we'll just assume Zion is out. I'm going to and operate that way. You might say, oh, well, obviously he's going to go over there against Junior. But that's that's just not, no. If, if Jonas Valanciunas was out, then yeah, possibly. But with Zion being out, um, you know, we've seen more so that they like to go with uh, Trey Murphy off the bench. So I like Trey Murphy here at 4,900. Led the team in scoring in the last game. This is just a game that's got him written all over it. Like, he, it's going to be a game that he goes off because uh, he's a really nice young talent. He's unfortunately behind Herb Jones. In the uh, rotation, I don't disagree with that. I think Herb Jones brings that defensive tenacity that Trey Murphy doesn't necessarily. But Murphy has an absolute chumper. He is, he is a great, great shooter. And, of course, he he loves to do that. When, it, when he ever gets in games like this where, you know, the outcome of the game really really never is in doubt, he loves to launch shots. And those are the kind of guys we love in DFS. So uh, I like some Trey Murphy here at 4,900. I know it's going to seem like I'm chasing a little bit here, but... You know they're playing the, they're playing the Grizzlies, so I like it all a heck of a lot. I also had Jonas Valanciunas in a, in a lineup earlier. Uh, you know, obviously Zion Williamson out, he's going to have some more opportunities to grab boards and score um, for sure. But this is also one of his you know previous teams. They're kind of down, um, not very not playing very well. They're playing Santiago Dama at the center position, and uh, I don't even know who's oh it's a uh, uh, Trey Jemison. Uh, who I suggested last last game, unfortunately. Sorry about that. He did not do well. Uh, but he's uh, their backup center. And, yeah, I think Jonas should be able to eat up both of those guys. There shouldn't be a problem at all. He's way too big for them to handle any needs. So 6,500, I'll probably end up getting him in about half of my lineups here before it's all said and done. Um, but at the moment, in my one dummy lineup I've made, uh, I did not slide him in there. So moving to the Grizzly side, uh, you know, I kind of think you guys know where I'm going with this. It's it's all young talent I like at this point because this, that's this is the point in the season where we're getting real looks at these guys. Everything's still kind of competitive. Um, no one's really been quote unquote shut down. People are kind of just sitting left and right due to injuries, trying to get healthy for this kind of stretch run here into the playoffs. So uh, we're starting this kind of youth you know moment here in the season where you know it lasts from now until I don't know the last 15 games, right or 20 games. I mean. Uh, you know, so so that's what I'm leaning into here. So Trey Murphy's one of those guys, but obviously also on the Memphis Grizzlies, you've got Vince Williams Jr., who I'm very, very high on, as you guys know if you've been listening to this podcast or anything that I've done or written. He uh, is getting tons of minutes, you know, 35-plus minutes, no problem there. Um, but the production's across the board, right? It's points, it's assists, it's rebounds, uh, steals. It's whatever you want you know, him to do. Uh, to go out there and try to win a basketball game. So, you know, we've seen him go off for 45, 50 DK points. He's pretty needed sometimes with 30-ish DK points, and that's the floor. Um, I'm still waiting for, you know, another ceiling game from him here. And, you know, if the Pelicans do sleep on this team a little bit, I do think that's possible here against the Pelicans. So I like me some Vince Williams Jr. for sure at uh, 6,200. Anyone else, um, you know, uh, it's hard to trust anyone else on this Memphis Grizzlies team. Let me just say that much. Um, I was really high on Trey Jenison the last one. I thought I had it. No one else had it. He was 0.0% owned. 
And, um, you know, he did play well in the limited time he got in there, but he only got in there for 14 minutes. Um, so, unfortunately, that didn't work out for me. Denver at Milwaukee is an interesting one in real-life basketball, but it's a skip for me in DFS. Um, a couple of guys on the Denver Nuggets are questionable. we got Michael Porter Jr. and Contavious uh, Caldwell-Pope are both questionable. So, if they both sit, you know, I could see some Christian Brown uh, getting in there. I could see some Reggie Jackson getting in there for sure. Those guys are very, very cheap, so those are good. some good cost savers right there for sure. Um, but we don't know that. And it's the, it's the Milwaukee Bucks, so I'm inclined to say they're going to suit up, but we'll see. We don't really don't know. Uh, on the Milwaukee side, obviously, we've got uh, Giannis and, and Nolan are both healthy. They're probable. Um, we have Chris Middleton listed as out. Normally, I'd be into Malik Beasley. But given the pace of this game, I'm probably not going to go there. And they just added Patrick Beverly also, who's getting minutes. So, you know, I considered maybe Beverly at 3,700. But ultimately, just none of these guys gets get there for me. So I'm just, it's a skip. Just not playing anyone there. Let's move on instead to the New York Knicks at the Houston Rockets. And with this one, we have uh, 4.5 point favorites are the Knicks. 221.5 is that game total, so it's pretty low. And, um, you know, let's start with the Knicks. I mean, I think we're probably off that Dempty DiVincenzo and Josh Hart train because they've added pieces now that are going to take away too much, you know, too many responsibilities for them. Um, we weren't sure last we talked, <laughs> last I talked to you guys, that Burks and Bogdanovich, Boyan Bogdanovich were going to play, um, but they did. And,. We saw what that was, what that looked like, and it just took you know, kind of kills all their value uh, of all those guys. Jalen Brunson is playing in this one. I like him here. Uh, no Fred Van Vliet, obviously. They're going to play Amon Thompson, which may actually be worse for him because Thompson's probably much better defended than uh, cement on his feet Van Vliet. Um, but Brunson is a, a nice play here, I think, still at ninety five hundred. The pricing is just a little bit tad bit more than I'd like to spend. Hartenstein is questionable here, so obviously if he comes back in, that's going to have a lot of uh, effect on, on some other guys. But Precious Achua has been priced up to 7000 now, and I'm just not interested in that. Um, we've seen him have duds before, so um, just too much risk associated with that price tag. So the Knicks are probably a hard pass for me, honestly. Rockets, <laughs> I'll probably, I should probably just pass this game, honestly. I have no interest here either. Um, Shingun is questionable um so if we use on that i'm gonna have interest in some other guys Jabari smith jr is a guy i've been playing a lot which i'll probably go after him because i do think he's still got that ceiling game in him and it's going to be glorious once it does happen dylan brooks at 5100 is another guy that i tried i had him in my lineup briefly uh, and then i took him out but of course he's chucking up shots like crazy because they do need it because they have no van Vliet, so he he needs to take those shots so i do like him here as well as a boomer bust type of play i would say both jabari and him are boomer bust type plays uh, Jalen Green just triple-doubled, but I'm not going to go chasing that. The Washington Wizards at the Dallas Mavericks. Heck yeah, you know I'm into that for sure. We've got the Mavericks favored by 14.5 points on DraftKings, and 248.5 is that game total, which I believe is the highest out of the slate. It does look to be the case. So um, we've got quite a bit of scoring supposedly projected here. On the Washington side, probably not going to end up with anybody in my roster from this side, honestly. Uh, I know I'm passing on quite a few teams here, but, um, you know, Bagley's an interesting guy. I'll mention him here. He had his mints held in check in the last one, but I think it was more matchup-related than anything else. 
and uh, it was the second game back after a bit of a absence. So, you know, maybe that had something to do with it as well. They just wanted to kind of ease him back into things. Fifty three hundred. Um, you know, again, it's interesting, but I'm not going out of my way to to, to roster him. Kispert and uh, Kulabali are also interesting dudes, but uh, you know, uh, same reasoning. I'm, there's just too much risk for them just to put up basically zeros. On the other side, though, with the Dallas Mavericks, let's get into that because they're all their new pieces are, are super interesting. Uh, I'm probably not playing Luca or Kyrie. Um, Kyrie's eighty eight hundred, so I could see you getting there. I think it's an interesting pivot in GPPs. I don't think he's going to be super highly owned. I think people are going to project this for a blowout, reasonably so. And if that happens, then you probably get an early seat for Kyrie and Luca. But of course, we have seen the Mavericks choke <laughs> or play poorly in games where they should just absolutely crush the competition before. So um, I don't think you can bank on a, a blowout at all. But PJ Washington at 5,700 is definitely an interesting dude. Um, only had 24 minutes in the last one. I'm a little surprised, I guess. I'm, I mean, I'm hoping to get up towards 30 minutes. And at 5,700, if you can do that, if we could if we could guarantee that, I think that'd be a great play. I just don't know if you can guarantee it. But he's an interesting guy. I'm going to keep him in my pool for now for sure. The guys I'm more interested in, though, at the moment are um, you know, Daniel Gafford, 5,600. Yes, all day, yes. It's his former team. I, I know, you know, narratives, they really don't matter. And I don't really put a lot of stock into that either, but you know the Wizards are playing Matt Marvin Bagley at the center position and Rashawn Holmes, and I'm not super concerned about that. Gafford looks engaged and like he was motivated. He was happy to be on the Mavericks. I think he's going to have that kind of rejuvenated type of energy for the first few weeks at least um, and try to show everybody that, hey, I, I should be starting over Lively, Derek Lively, I, you know, and I think he will probably. His minutes were held in check in the last one, which is, you know, what I said, the trade deadline. So he only saw 17 minutes. I really do honestly feel like, you know, his best use is to be used in small stretches. He's got a limited offensive game. His defense is actually not that great. It's he can block shots. Yes. For fantasy, we love him. But his defense and his positioning and his understanding of concepts and his, you know, ability to rotate and be in the right spot um questionable they're questionable always had that issue with with daniel gafford so you know i'm not jumping over the moon um saying hey you know this guy's gonna go absolutely ape crap crazy um but i do like him a whole heck of a lot here against the wizards that's for sure i do like him here so we'll go ahead and play him um and i'm i know there's another guy i was looking at but i can't remember who it was now off the top of my head obviously they didn't land up back in my lineup here um, but we'll move on. That's okay. If I think about them, I'll mention them again. I don't think I, that's fine. They obviously, they weren't, that, they weren't that important. Okay, last game of the night. Probably the most entertaining and the most interesting. Well, one of them, at least. Is the Golden State Warriors at the Utah Jazz. And we have the uh, Warriors favored by one point. I'm on that line. I think that's a good line. I wasn't going to give out props here, but I'm I'm locking in that spread. Uh, 242 is that game total. Second highest one on the site, I believe. Yep, second highest on the site. And uh, I think you can take plenty of different <laughs> pieces of this game. I think there's some potential here across both of these teams. You know, um, I love Steph Curry here. Love Steph Curry here. 
you know, this Warriors team is rejuvenated now that Draymond Green's back. Jonathan Kaminga's playing super well. Love Jonathan Kaminga, 7,100 as well. Um, but Curry, going, going back to Curry, you know, he's, they're settling back into, you know, obviously this is our dude. This is the dude that's got to do our scoring. And everyone else on the team just kind of has to fill in, you know, the essential things we have to do on the court around that. Um, he scored 29 points as his lowest total over the last five games. And, you know, that was against Brooklyn, who's a, a good defensive team. Utah Jazz are not, especially in the backcourt. They are not a good defensive team. And I'm concerned about, you know, Jordan Clarkson or Keontae George or uh, even Chris Dunn getting to, you know, Steph Curry when he's um, passing the ball, relocating uh, to Draymond Green. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of open threes here. So, you know. Hopefully he's got his shooting shoes on. Hopefully he shoots well. And get another 50 to 60 DK points out of him. I would love to see that, obviously. Um, I mentioned Kaminga. Uh, I think Clay Thompson's an interesting GPP guy because everyone's so down on him. I think Andrew Wiggins is an interesting GPP guy. Um, for similar reasons, everyone's so down on, on him and his role. But both those guys have the ability to you know, fill up the hoop. So uh, I think any of those guys is really viable. I like Steph Curry the most out of them, which... Yeah, I mean, in a bubble, obviously we all do. On the Utah Jazz, I didn't end up with any of these guys in the lineup. But they are intriguing because of the game. So I think, you know, Laurie Markin, of course, um, if, if we project this to be a close game, obviously he's going to have to have a good one. 8400 is a very fair price for him, so I do like him there. Collins has been going off recently, and, you know, his size may give the Golden State Warriors problems. They've had problems with that in the past. So he's an interesting one at 6,400 as well. We all know Jordan Clarkson can just go off any, any single day of the, of the week. So um, he's an interesting one as well. So those three guys, you know, really are the guys I'd be looking at here. I did skip over Sexton there. Um, not super interested in him here. I think, you know, um, you know, they do have the guys to throw at any driving guard. I would look more so at the guys that have, you know, strength and size and the guys that have shooting. So I'm looking at Markin and Collins and Clarkson. That's just my reading of the situation, what we've seen from the Warriors, what they struggle to defend, things like that. So, But that's going to do it for us, guys. Um, I'm just over 30 minutes. So I just got past where I was trying to end there. But that is going to do it for our show. I am Keith Cork. You can follow me on Twitter at, at EthosKeith. And uh, do follow the show at EthosTFS, at EthosTFS. You'll see all the episodes there. And, uh, hey, if you do end up winning something or, or you know, we tip you off on something that you know, gets you a big win, Go ahead and tag us. You know, give it, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Um, this is a free podcast, of course. We want to help people win. That's ultimately the goal. So, hey, until next time, everybody, go get that money.